Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. I'm going to share the Word of God. So thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Um, we've been speaking for the last um, few weeks and even last year. We, we just felt that God's placed it on our hearts as a church. And we do believe God's doing this worldwide And we just believe that the Lord is bringing the church of Jesus back to himself. In other words, he's bringing us back to Jesus. Everything should be about Jesus. And you you might think if you're a visitor and you maybe have never come to church or don't go to church regularly, you might think, well, what do you mean, Leo? Shouldn't the church be about Jesus? Of course it's about Jesus. You'll be surprised how we can lose our way sometimes. And sometimes our focus gets we get busy doing the stuff for Jesus and forget about Him. You can get busy doing things and forget spending time with the one while you're doing it. You're, you're doing it for Him. You're doing it out of love for Him. You're, doing it, you're His ambassador. You're His son. You're His daughter. You're, you're doing it for Him, but we forget to spend time with Him. And so we lose slowly, slowly our way. And we get distracted and it, it, it can start becoming about other things. And so um, just for example, we can, have, we can have songs that we sing and... Some songs aren't even about Jesus. It's just about us sometimes. Bless me. Give me this. Give me my territory. Give me my victory. Give me my mountain. Give me, or let us walk in faith and we stir each other up. They're all okay. They've got to maybe have a place. But when the whole emphasis of our worship is about, and you kind of, well, who actually are they singing about? Because Jesus isn't the, isn't the worship, isn't the focal point. We've done that to our songs. People have written songs about how they're doing rather than how he's doing. Our messages can be like that sometimes. And that's why sometimes we say, wow, wasn't the worship amazing? When really we should say, wasn't Jesus amazing? Because we actually, our whole focus, our whole reason why we're worshiping is for him. I'm not even worshiping for me. Sometimes we go to church, I want the worship to be really good. I want to give me goosebumps. Let me feel good. I want to just be touched. So who's on your mind? You. Rather than him. When we worship, we worship Jesus for his sake, not mine. I worship Jesus. You worship Jesus because he's worthy of our worship. He deserves our honor and our worship and our love and adoration. When you understand who Jesus is and how magnificent he is, you are willing to give him your all when you see how beautiful he is. We've done that with our worship. And I think, oh, wasn't the worship great? Instead of saying, isn't Jesus am- wasn't Jesus amazing? In our preaching, we'll say, oh, that was a great message, sir, or great message, or great sermon, rather than saying, wow, that was amazing. I saw Jesus. That You explained Jesus well. Jesus was revealed in your message because shouldn't we be talking about Jesus? When I stand up lately, I'm saying, God, help me speak on your behalf as if you're in the room because he is. How would I speak if Jesus was standing there watching me speak about him? I'd be, I wouldn't speak about me much. Because I'm, I'm, I'm called by God, you're called by God to speak about Him. And what He did for us. And all that is done for us. And so I believe worldwide the church is coming back to Jesus. I really do believe that with all my heart. It's, it's happening worldwide. Not just in our you know, togetherness or our church. Or You might think, Leo, that's just your emphasis for this year. I think, I think it's going to be God's emphasis until He comes back. Because it's always been God's only sermon. It's always been the Father's only sermon. When He spoke, the two times that God the Father was recorded that He spoke, He said, this is my beloved Son. 
in whom I am well pleased. And sometimes, one time he was recorded as saying, listen to him. In other words, I sent him so you can listen to him. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. And that's, his, that's the Father's sermon. Hebrews says that Jesus came to express the image of God. If you want to know how God the Father's like, have a look at Jesus. Jesus revealed God. Not religion. Not the religions of the world. Jesus. I'm referring to Jesus, okay? Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming back to this earth to judge the earth. So I can go through. Like, for this reason, I said, Lord, I'm going to read the whole New Testament because I've read it many, many times for, for, for many, many years. But I'm going to read it again and look at Jesus. And say, everywhere I see Jesus or the word Christ, I want to see what it tells us we have because of Jesus. Okay, what has God done for us through Jesus? Okay, Jesus did this. Jesus did that. And write down the, the message from that. And I'm finding there's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. Just Jesus is the creator. Did you know that? The Bible says Jesus created all things. God created all things through His Son, Jesus. Colossians says that. So He's the creator of everything. That, that, that we know that Jesus is God in the flesh. The Bible says in the, beginning, the, 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 word was, the word, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. God and His Word cannot be separated. God, and, God always speaks His Word. And His Word is always a part of Him. And it's His will. But then it says further down, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the only begotten Son of God. In other words, Jesus, the Word, became flesh, and now we can see, we can hear, can taste, can touch, we can feel what God would do. He demonstrated exactly what God was like. He never said no to anyone that was coming to Him for sickness, for healing, sorry. He never turned someone away. He always healed. He always demonstrated love, demonstrated mercy. He always healed people. He didn't go, hang on a sec, uh, this sickness comes from God to teach you a lesson. Never did he do that. Yeah. Yet we say things like that. Oh, maybe I've got this sickness. God's trying to teach me something. We blame God. We, we accuse God to be a child, a, a, a child abuse. If a parent did that to teach a child a lesson, give him the sickness to teach him a lesson, we'd say that's child abuse. And we blame God for worse than child abuse. God has no sickness in heaven to give anyone. And so Jesus, when you look at the life of Jesus, He healed everyone. He just loved everyone. We just look at the life of Jesus see how good God is. And, that, and I look at the Word that Christ is before all things in Colossians 1. Jesus is our Lord. What does that mean even? He owns us. The Bible says He actually purchased us with His own blood. Not with silver or gold or precious things. He didn't use gold to buy us back. He bought us back with his own life, his own blood. That means he owns the church. He owns you. Think about that for a second. He's the owner, but we treat him like a visitor. Oh, you can have this little segment of the meeting. You can do this now, but not then. Like we, we're the boss and he's the, the guest almost. He's the owner. He should have the supreme seat and say... And voice and direction. He's the Lord. He's the head. The head gives instruction. He's government. He carries. He leads. He should be the focus of everything we do. The reality is sometimes you can hear a message and never hear the word Jesus. Never hear him mentioned. I'm, I'm convinced with all my heart when I read the Bible and study it that if you teach on marriage, you should be talking about Jesus. Because he was the example 
Bible says this in Ephesians, that, that um, husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. There's the pattern. There's the model. How did Christ love the church? He laid down his life and gave himself as an offering. And then he washed the church with the washing of the water with his word. He washed us with his word. He said, you're forgiven before you're forgiven. He says, I give you right standing before you had right standing. It's when you believe his word, you get it. So he washed you with his word. He can only, because he, he calls those things that be not as though they were. He has to speak what he sees. And when you believe what he sees and what he speaks, you become that. He speaks, that's a pattern in marriage. If I want a beautiful wife, I have to speak over her beautiful things. If I want, so I've got to see my wife through God's eyes, the way God views her, her value, how she's a princess, she's a daughter, and then my words will start to speak into her what she can become. But if I want a monster, I can speak it out, and guess what? You'll end up getting what you speak. You idiot, what's wrong with you? You never do anything right. Is that what you want from a wife? That she's an idiot and never does anything right? What we speak, we frame. Jesus is our model for that. In marriage. In parenting, in raising children, Jesus is our model. Raise up your children in the admonition of the Lord. In other words, Jesus is the way, the way we, we relate with Jesus, the way we should relate with our kids. It's how we, the way God Father loves me, I love my children. So I, I use the Word of God and the principles that Jesus shows me how to raise children. So if I want to teach on parenting, I have to bring Jesus into it. That's my point. If I teach on money, finances, I have to bring Jesus. Because we don't bring money to a person or a building or a church. We give it to Jesus first. And because he touched our heart, now he's taught us how to take care of finances. Because money can become your God. And he wants to teach you how to make sure that money doesn't have you. We have things, but things don't possess us. We can possess things. It's fine. You can be wealthy as long as the thing doesn't possess you. You're following the Bible says Jesus is the one who saved us. I mean, I can go on. I've got just so many points. Jesus saved us. He redeemed us. He forgave us. He gave us right standing with God. The, the Bible's word is righteousness. That we receive the righteousness of God. How righteous is God? Just think about that for a second. God's got no sin in, in Him, has He? We, re we receive the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus. That him who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. That's, so righteousness means right standing with God. What a gift, because it is a gift. It's a free gift. This is, the, this is what I'm getting into the good news. This good news is so good news, we don't realize how good it is. It's the best news you'll ever hear. That God became a man through a virgin birth put on flesh, live a perfect life without sin, and then die on the cross in our place to forgive us of all our sins and to give us this gift called right standing with God. It's as if, in other words, God relates to you as if you've never sinned. What would it be like if God relates to you on the basis of you've got no sin whatsoever? Because not you, you cleaned your life up. You didn't do it in your own strength. Neither could I. Jesus did it for you. He paid the penalty, consumed the judgment of God on the cross for you, because he's in love with you. This is the good news. In other words, he counted you so valuable, so worthy, so like if there was no person left on the planet, I believe this with all my heart. I really do. I, I've, I've not just believe it. I've experienced it. I've encountered it. And now I live it. Please hear my heart. I believe with all my heart. I'm so valuable to God that Jesus would have died that cruel death on the cross just for me. And I believe you're just as valuable. 
I, I believe that with all my heart, if there's no one else left on the planet to have died for, Jesus would have come through a virgin birth, live a 33-year perfect life without sin, then die that cruel death on the cross just to give you a chance to ask him into your heart. He wants to buy you back with his love. So the gospel means I see God's love for me. So I want to love him back. It's not I'm forgiven, but I've still got the same nature. I had a sinful nature. You had a sinful nature until you came to Christ. If you gave your heart to God, the sinful nature is now not just forgiven. You are forgiven, but you've got a brand new nature. That old you died and now the Holy Spirit came inside you and resurrected the old you. My spirit man was dead to God. He got resurrected. Now it's alive. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. It doesn't say if any man is in Christ, he is forgiven. Yes, he's forgiven. But you're a new creation. A new species of being that never existed before. Because now God comes in your heart. The whole purpose of the gospel, the whole purpose of why Jesus came to die on the cross for your sin and my sin... The whole purpose is to restore us. The Bible uses words like reconciliation. It literally means to be brought back together. He restored us, justified. I love that word. That actually means to be declared right. Who declared you right? Not you, not me. God declares you right because His Son Jesus took the penalty for you. So the whole purpose of the gospel is so that God could forgive us of our sins, cleanse us of our temple. See, our body is a temple. So God doesn't look at this physical body and call it a temple. I call this building a building, and I call it, sometimes I call it a church building because we have church in it. But if we go to the park and have church like we're having here, it's still church. So the building is not a church. You're the church. People are church. My body and your body is the temple. Hear this. Bible says this. Paul says, no, you're not. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? I mean, that blows your mind if you actually believe it. Don't you know, because of what Jesus did on the cross, God made His home inside you. The whole purpose of Jesus dying on the cross is so He can move His home from the Holy of Holies. If you know about the Bible, the, ta- the, the, the curtain in the, the tabernacle that they sacrificed, the curtain from the holy place to the Holy of Holies was a thick curtain. It was torn from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross in the earthquake. More likely in the earthquake, or God Himself just went, Shh. He tore it open to show the way into the Holy of Holies is now available. Why? Because God made His home inside you. That means anywhere you go, everywhere you are, wake up in the morning, go to work tomorrow, go to university, go to school, do life, whatever you do, God is with you. That's good news. That's amazing news. God can live in you when you put your faith in Jesus. When you understand what He's done for you, it's all about Jesus. Everything. The Word. Jesus is the Word. So when I'm in the Word, I read the Bible, this reveals Jesus. I spend time with God in the Word. I spend time, I see Him, He sees. He speaks into me. I have relationship, I have fellowship, I have connection with Him through Word. The Word gives me revelation of who He is. Because it's about relationship, remember? Everything's about relationship, so it's, you have to get revelation. Revelation is communicating. So God is absolute, this is where we mess up. God's all loving, God's merciful, God is gracious, God's loving. He forgives us. And no matter what you do, He forgives us. No matter what you do, He loves you. That's true about God. But we can't forget this is also true. At the same time that He's loving, merciful, and gracious, He's also full of justice, holiness, righteousness, and judgment. He has to remain just and still forgive you. He can't just, I choose to forgive you even though 
I'm no longer just. I believe God remains just and righteous and fair and, 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 and remains in his holiness and purity and never breaks his word because he sent Jesus, another man, because he became a man, God became a man, and he was fully man when he represented mankind on the cross. He actually represented you and I. And Jesus identified himself with mankind to the point that he died on the cross in our place and took on our sin because he didn't have sin. He was allowed to die for our sins. Does that make sense? Let me say it this way. If you know the Bible, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The consequences of sin, disobeying God, is death. You can't, you can't beat that. You can't get away from that. Why does everyone die? Because it's the wages of sin. You, no matter how scientific, uh, you know, uh, advancement we get, we're not going to stop from growing old or dying. Because that's the sinful nature. That's your spirit that's dead and your body has to follow, right? You're not, not going to beat it. The world, I, I, I just believe the word, personally. You might, you might age to 120, 130, you might even live to 140. But you're not going to beat it, okay? It's all the guys out there that are fighting for eternal life, which is great. I'm not saying that's wrong. But wages of death, wages of sin is death. Jesus didn't sin, did he? Didn't sin. So, so he has, the enemy, the devil, has no legal right to put death on a man who never sinned. No legal right whatsoever. He has got no right to put death on a man who never sinned. Jesus was going to live forever. He was 33 years old and not getting older. No gray hair, no wrinkle, no nothing. If he lived to 50, 60, he would look like a freak. What's wrong with this guy? He's not getting older because he's, he's got no sin. If he's got no sin, he's not aging. So the devil had no right to put death on a man who never sinned. But Jesus willingly, out of love, laid down his life on your behalf and my behalf. Out of love. I mean, the thieves were getting crucified. They were screaming. Those thieves next to him, they were, no, 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 no. They fight for their life. And then Jesus would do this. Put his hand on the cross. The Bible, Jesus said, I have the power to take up my life. I have the power to take it, uh, to, to take it up again. I have the power to give my life. And I have the power to take it up again. Talk about his resurrection. No one, that's what he said, no one can take my life. I have the power to take it down or take it up again. No one took his life. He laid down his life. If I was a soldier there, I'd freak. If someone's just total peace, total calmness, and he puts his hand out there to be nailed. Out of love, he did that. Satan had no right to put death on a man that never, ever sinned. Satan did an illegal act so that God can legally forgive you when you put your faith in the man that was illegally mistreated. God legally forgives you when you put your man on the one who paid the penalty for you. That's why I believe it's impossible to get to heaven except through Jesus. And it's not just acknowledging head knowledge, oh, I believe in Jesus. It's accepting Him into your heart and making Him Lord and following Him. That gets you forgiven and right standing with God. Does that make sense? There's an exchange of faith. I had a friend of mine that used to always say to me, Leo, uh, uh, you know, we grew up together. We were best friends, doing the world stuff together. And, uh, you know, drinking heaps, getting drunk all the time. I was a break dancer. He was a rapper. He used to write songs. And he was really into it. Um, I'm into it. I got radically saved. Radically. At 19. He came to church twice, I think, but didn't stay. He never got saved. 20-something years later, my life's completely on a different trek, different road, different world, kingdom of God. And his life's going worse, spiraling, drinking, more drugs, suicidal, just bad stuff. And I would do some 
Sometimes I catch up with him and try to talk to him about God. And, and he's getting closer. And one time he says, Leah, I want to become a Christian, but I've got to clean up my life first. I've got to clean up my life. In other words, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I can see where he's trying to say, where he's coming from. He's trying to say, I don't want to go to church when I'm still smoking dope and I'm still doing all this stuff and I'm doing, I'm bad. I'm pretty bad. I've got to get up. The problem with that was he's saying, I've got to clean up my life in my own strength. If you had the ability to clean up your life in your own strength, you wouldn't need Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. You can't think, oh, let me clean up my life. Let me clean up my life. When I clean up my life, how could you anyway? You can't. You, you, you surrender. You say, God, as I am, because God accepts you as you are, I give you my heart. And then when you say, Lord, I believe, it's the exchange of faith that changes you. It's when you surrender. Say, okay, I've given up. I've, I've, I've. Sometimes we hit rock bottom. You don't have to hit rock bottom, though. Just have to acknowledge your need of Him. I didn't necessarily reach rock bottom, but I acknowledged that I needed some, uh, God. Because there's a vacuum and an emptiness that makes you drive into the world and try to satisfy with money and girls and drinking and material things and status and power and fame. And we think, I've got to get acceptance. But once you got him, once you come to God, he fills you with so much love. You're so satisfied. You're so, I know that I'm loved. I'm so valuable. I've encountered God so many times over the years where I've wept and cried, not because of, oh, woe is me, but God, you're so good. You're so good. I love you, God. You're so good. I'm overwhelmed with emotion because He's so good and His love is washing over me. You come out of that encounter, you just feel so loved. I don't need to try to get love. I'm not running around insecure, fearful, breaking up relationships all the time because I'm insecure and, and nobody loves me. Nobody's talking to me. How come oh, I expected this relationship to go this level and this time, but it's not there. And then you get upset and you're insecure. When you got love, you got love. You're whole. And that only happens, I believe, through the exchange of faith when you put your faith in this gospel. The good news. God did it all for you for free. But religion, man-made religion, Rules and regulations made by man, which crucified Jesus, by the way. A spirit of religion couldn't handle Jesus. And he was doing so many miracles, signs, wonders, and all that. And the, the, the Pharisees, the religious priests, thought, everyone's going after him. They're, they're not listening to us anymore. They're all going after him. We've got to kill him. We've got to get rid of him. Envy, jealousy made him plot to kill Jesus. The Bible says this. I'm not guessing it. The Bible says this. They crucified him. They wanted to get rid of him. Even that was God's plan. It was all God's plan. It was all written in the Old Testament how he would die. Very clearly. Very clearly prophesied how he would die. The religion, the man-made rules and regulations. We think because of this, how good do I have to be to be forgiven? How good do I have to be to accept this gift? How good do I have to be for God to accept me? The answer is you don't have to be good enough. You just accept, accept his gift by faith. I'd be so insulted as a dad if my children came to me and said, Dad, how good do I have to be so you can love me? What? I must be doing something terribly wrong if they're saying, what do I have to do for you to love me? What do you want me to do around the house so you can love me? What? You can't earn my love. A father just loves. You can't earn God's love. If you think, oh, if I've got to be good enough, then God will love me. God already loves you. You just got to accept that love. Can you see how the gospel is so simple? The gospel is good news. That he did it all for you, and all you have to do is accept and believe. And everything, I'm, I'm just talking about this gospel, but this is, we're not talking about Jesus saved us. The Bible says he, 
The word saved is zozo, and that zozo is healing, wholeness, peace of mind, prosperity. It's everything to do with your being. So my spirit's completely saved at peace, at joy and love. My mind's renewed. My thoughts are centered. My emotions are healed. I don't have hurt, insecurity. Because why? God heals that. He heals every part of us. Jesus saves us in every area. But that process is the renewing of the mind. It takes time. So when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean you get... Your spirit is completely transformed and changed, a brand new spirit. But your mind has to be renewed. That's the part that goes, well, how come I still got these desires and my mind still wants to do this? And that's because your mind needs to be renewed and so does mine. But when you start renewing your mind, your mind starts working with your spirit. And, and your spirit and your mind tell your body what to do. People in the world, the body rule them. And that's where they drive them into all sorts of messes. The Bible teaches us how to live life. And good news is, it's free. It's free but it cost him everything. So don't think it's light, oh, it's nothing. And, so, like, and, and, the way you, and there's, there's got to be an acceptance. You can't, you know, I've talked to people and sometimes, you know, out in the streets or at a pub and, and they're out of it, they're drunk, you know, and you're talking about, Je- I know Jesus, mate. Yeah, I know Jesus. I, I, yeah, he's my Lord and Savior too. <laughs> yeah, mate, I accepted Jesus, yeah, 20 years ago. And like, if you really accepted him, he'd change you from the heart. I'm not talking about mental ascent. I'm talking about here, believing. And when you give your life to him, you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. And does that mean you, 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 you're perfect? No, it means you'll mess up. I've been a Christian from 19 to now. It's a long time ago. I'm a very young man, right? But I've messed up thousands of times. But every time I mess up, I say, God, I go to him as Father, forgive me. For what I've just done. Forgive me for what I did, Lord. Forgive me. And what happens? I'm confessing, acknowledging what I did wrong, confessing darkness out. The Bible says God cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And I live like I didn't even sin after that because He washes me. I don't live in guilt. I don't live in shame. I live in His peace. It's a beautiful relationship with God. And, it, and, and this relationship is available for all of us. And you might have been invited, and I know that some of you have been invited to the baby dedication. We honor you and thank you for coming to honor this special day for CJ and, 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 and Tatiana, Nathan and Sila. We appreciate the fact you honored this special day of theirs. But at the same time, God loves you so much. He wants you to understand this gospel message. Because I believe with all my heart that if we don't accept Jesus and follow him, then we're on our own. What do I mean by that? No one can stand before God and be justified without Jesus. If we don't accept Jesus, this side of heaven, this side of we dying, then you stand before God without Jesus as a mediator, without Jesus as a lawyer, you will stand in your own righteousness and you have to be 100% perfect and no one can. And that's why I'm saying you have to accept Jesus for salvation. When Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, he wasn't messing with words. No one comes to the Father except through me because he's the only one who purchased your life with his blood. The only one who died and was resurrected from the dead. Remember I said it was illegal for Satan to put death on a man who didn't ever sin? Therefore, he couldn't stay dead. He defeated death. The Bible doesn't say a lot about his, between dying on the cross, the last breath. Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. I commit my spirit. That's what he was saying. 
And he also said, Father God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What love. He forgave them before they even asked for forgiveness. That's, that's the love of Jesus in you, towards you right now. But what happened when he gave his last breath up and they took his physical body and put him in the tomb? Where did his spirit go? We know that the Bible says he went to hell, stripped the keys of Satan. We know that. But before he was resurrected, this is my belief. And uh, the Bible doesn't say a lot about it. It says enough about it. But I don't, I don't believe the physical death on the cross physically paid a price for a spiritual problem. I believe his spirit paid the price for a spiritual problem. Personally, I think he went to hell and was treated like a sinner for three days and three nights, suffered there on our behalf. After God's, in his righteousness and his justice is enough, three days and three nights is enough. The Holy Spirit, with his glory, the Bible says, went into hell, resurrected Jesus' dead spirit. Where's his body? In the grave still. Jesus actually said things like this. He said, as Jonah was in the, in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He didn't say the, ground, the, gra the grave, the heart of the earth. There's three places where there are beings, the Bible says, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's where the Bible says where all the beings are. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Where's hell? Personally, possibly in the middle of the earth. But it's a real place. Jesus went there so you didn't have to. My point is this. If we say no to Jesus, we stand before God by ourselves. So it's good news because there's always bad news. The reason why there is good news, it has to be in the backdrop of bad news. True? What would good news be if there's no bad news? Why is it good news? Because there's bad news. Bad news is without Christ, we all go to hell. Well, with Christ, it's for free. That's beautiful. Good news. And you encounter him. You experience him now. You don't, you don't say, I accept Jesus, and then you suffer for the rest of your life and wait till I get to heaven, then I experience him. No, you experience his presence now. When we worship and you see us sing and exuberant and passion, that's real. We encounter him. I encounter him in my room, in my bedroom, in my lounge, in my car, in my, my walkings. I encounter him at shopping centers. I just experience him all the time. Does that mean I'm always on a high? No, not emotional high, but I can, I can feel him and talk to him anywhere and speak to him anywhere. And you can too. Amen? So I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. It's a simple thing of act of faith to say, Leo, maybe for the first time I've started to understand. This morning someone came for the first time. His background didn't know Jesus. Messed up life. He was telling me himself. Even in drugs and everything like that. And he goes, I've never understood. I understood 95% of the things you said. I said, well, I, I said to him, come every week because you'll grow. You'll get fed and your life will change. He needs radical transformation. 95% of the things you said were just simple. I understood it. It's one thing to understand it. Now just accept it. Accept it by faith. Just say, Leo, I, I accept what you're saying. I, I believe this good news, I want to say yes to Jesus. And then from there on, you start to grow. And there on, from there on, you start to read the Bible for yourself. Start, tell other people that you become a Christian. But you grow. A baby was born, they need milk first. So you just got to get fed milk. The milk of the Word. The Bible says that. So if we can just bow our heads for a moment. I'm asking you to, to say yes to Jesus. Not religion. Not even join a church, even though you should belong to a church. But that's not what you're doing. 
Some people put an altar call. I've heard people, this is what I'm talking about, Jesus. I've heard people bring an altar call and they haven't even mentioned Jesus. Change your life. God's going to give you a better life. This is, and they haven't talked about the gospel. They haven't talked about the cross. They haven't talked about Jesus. And hundreds of kids have gone down the front and I haven't heard the gospel. Years ago, I'm talking about. But I've seen that happen. So what are you doing? You're accepting Jesus into your life. You're saying yes to Jesus. You're acknowledging, yes, my sin. It was my sin that put you on the cross. You would have done it just for me. You're in love with me. The simple thing, the Bible actually says, Jesus went to the church, knocked on the church's door with their heart. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So in the same way, He's knocking on the door of your heart, but the doorknob's on the inside. And only you can open it. So if you can hear His gentle knock of love on your heart, I want to ask you, just slip your hand up and say, Leo, please pray for me. I want to pray a prayer that allows Him into my heart. I'm going to pray a simple prayer that accepts Jesus into your heart. It's a beautiful thing to do. It's a courageous thing to do. Just slip your hand up right now and just say, Leah, please pray for me. I want to accept Jesus into my heart. I want to start my own relationship with God. If you've also fallen away from Him and you once knew Him and you've lost that love, this is for you too. You say, Leah, please pray for me. Bring me back. Thank you. Bring me back to this relationship with God out in the overflow room and that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus. Just slip your hand up. You want to say yes to Him. I know there's people in this room and your heart's doing this a little bit. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? There's a, a few more people that need to make peace with Him. You're saying yes to Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know you're not where you should be and you want to give your life to Him. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray this beautiful prayer. Thank you, Lord. Can we all repeat this prayer? And even if you didn't put your hand up and you say, Leah, I, I really wanted this. Thank you. The back there. Thank you over there. Anybody else? Join this prayer. This is beautiful. This is amazing. We're going to pray this prayer. And if you haven't put your hand up, but you want to be included in this prayer, just open up your heart. You can do this while you're driving home. You can do this in your at home by yourself you just got to open up your heart and say Jesus I, I, I believe I accept I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you anybody else can we pray this prayer can we just repeat after, after me Father I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place forgive me of all of my sin I turn away from my sin I open up my heart Come into me by your Spirit. Fill my heart. Wash me clean. Be my Lord and be my Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you pray that prayer, God the Father accepts you into His family. You get engrafted into His family. You become a son and a daughter of the King, son and daughter of God. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com.
or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.